So Money, episode 742, Ashley Eckstein, actress and author of the book, It's Your Universe. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. We got a special treat for all the Star Wars fans out there today. Welcome to So Money, everyone. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. Our guest today is Ashley Eckstein. You might recognize her voice. She is the voice of the character Ahsoka Tano in Star Wars. And she's here today to talk about her career as an actress and entrepreneur, but mostly as an activist, a thought leader, and best-selling author. Ashley has long been a fan of science fiction and fantasy, so she started her company, Her Universe, to change the perception that science fiction and fantasy is just for boys. Her Universe has joined forces with some of the biggest names in the sci-fi fantasy world to create fangirl apparel and accessories for Star Wars, Doctor Who, Star Trek, and Marvel. She has her first book out. It's called It's Your Universe, which features iconic life lessons from well-known characters. If anyone out there thinks science fiction is just for boys, you are mistaken. Here is Ashley Eckstein. Ashley Eckstein, welcome to So Money. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This is huge. My husband is a big Star Wars fan. Oh, cool. (laughs) And so by relation, I'm also a Star Wars fan. Um, I think my first movie was actually Return of the Jedi when I was... um, I'm embarrassed to say my parents um, took me when I think when I was three years old. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. Um, <laughs> I think that was not probably good parenting on their part. But I remember just, you know, obviously the Star Wars is a huge um, part of a lot of people's lives. How did you get involved in the series? Uh, you know, I actually kind of fell into it. Um, but it it was a dream come true because um, similar to your story, I was introduced to Star Wars as a toddler. Um, my earliest memory was actually watching it on VHS um, in my living room. And um, we had this glorious orange shag carpet. <laughs> and um, we would play Star Wars in my living room while watching it on VHS. And we would pretend that because of the orange carpet, it was the desert sands of Tatooine. And I would pretend to be R2-D2. Um, and we would just, we loved it. I've been a Star Wars fan since I could, since I could remember. Um, but, you know, honestly, by the time I moved to L.A. and, and it, you know, it was a dream of mine to be an actress and I was, you know, regularly auditioning. At, at that point, um, you know, they were already coming out with the prequels and, and George Lucas had said that he was done making star Wars. So never in a million years did I think I'd have the opportunity to be an actress in star Wars. Um, until one day I, I got a call from my agent 
saying that I had an audition for to be the voice of um, Padme Amidala on the new Star Wars uh, animated series. And um, I was so excited, but unfortunately super bummed at the same time because I had to be a voice match for Natalie Portman and my voice sounded nothing like her. And um, so, you know, my agent encouraged me to audition anyway, even though I told him that I didn't think I would get the part. And um, thankfully, uh, I took his advice because they um, uh, secretly were also auditioning for this super top secret brand new character named Ahsoka Tano. And um, when I went into the audition, sure enough, they said that I sounded nothing like (laughs) Natalie Portman or Padme Amidala, but they said, we think you're perfect for this new role. And, um, and sure enough, I was able to get the part of Ahsoka Tano and, um, and, you know, it changed my life forever. So much so that it inspired you to launch Her Universe, which is a fangirl fashion company and lifestyle brand. So I'm so impressed because, first of all, breaking out in Hollywood is a feat unto itself. Then that happens for you. And then you're like, you know what? I'm also going to try being an entrepreneur and <laughs> a role model to uh, for for young girls. And I'm going to be a thought leader and I'm going to be a designer. I mean, was this was this also part of the plan secretly <laughs> for you? Um, no, it wasn't actually. Um, I, I have self-diagnosed myself with what I call um, insane naivete um, because when I see a need, I, I just look at the end goal and I say, why not? And I dive in head first without thinking about all the things that it's going to take to get there. And, um, you know, no, I, I had no idea what I was getting into, but really, you know, how it happened was I found myself, my, my life changed overnight. I was all of a sudden just immersed in the star Wars universe and, and star Wars is a fandom that's worldwide. So all of a sudden I found that, you know, I was a part of a community where I felt so connected to fans all over the world. And, um, um, as a Star Wars fangirl myself, um, I, I kind of had a selfish need. I, I, I wanted more Star Wars t-shirts made for me. And um, when I went shopping and, and came up empty handed, I, I quickly found out that you know, Star Wars merchandise for women and girls didn't exist. And um, I started doing my research and I found out that I wasn't alone, that um, this is at the time, this was back in uh, 2009, um, 45% of all Star Wars fans were women and girls. And we got that number by, we got the exact attendance numbers by the top um, top five conventions from around the world and um, averaged to be 45% all women and girls. And at the time, 85% of all consumer purchases were being made by women. And um, I, I'm not a mathematician, but I'm like, you know, these numbers are not adding up. If you make us merchandise, we will buy it. And so, um, I also found in my research that women and girls were being bullied and bullied terribly for um, for liking Star Wars because, you know, society had deemed this kind of sci-fi and fantasy genre um, to be for the men and the boys only. And so um, I thought, you know what? 
as a Star Wars fangirl myself, this is no way to live our lives. Like, you know, being a fangirl and especially being a, a Star Wars fan, it's it's bigger than a trend. It's it's a part of who you are. Like literally being a, a fan of these franchises, it's 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 a descriptor. It's it's how you would describe yourself. And and you know, not being allowed to to be yourself and show off a part of your personality is is awful. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's like hiding a part of yourself. So I, I felt like as the voice of this Star Wars character, I wanted to be a reflection of her because she's, she's a very powerful Jedi. Um, Ahsoka Tano is actually the very first female Jedi that was a lead in the Star Wars universe. So her character was groundbreaking. And as a reflection of her, I, I kind of asked myself, I said, what would Ahsoka do? And Ahsoka would start a company and start making merchandise for female fans. I understand what you're saying about the bullying. I think even when I was in high school and growing up, um, you know, it just wasn't what girls paid attention to. What If you were a good girl, if you were like following the straight and narrow, like you liked dolls. <laughs> yep. It's taken a while, but our, our world is now realizing that different is good. It's interesting. I'm seeing a lot of, you know, a lot of high profile women in Hollywood are also wearing the hat of entrepreneur. They're starting companies and they're starting companies outside of the Hollywood realm. I wonder if that has something to do with wanting to take more control over your financial destiny. It, it definitely has everything to do with that. Um, you know, for me, her universe was actually um, born out of uh, rejection. You know, I was a full-time actress in L.A., and, um, you know, that was my dream. That was my goal. And, um, you know, I always had an interest in fashion design. I mean, I designed my first dress with my mom when I was 10. And um, all of my homecoming and prom dresses I designed myself. And when I would finish my homework early in class, I was always sketching in my sketchbook. But in in high school, um, I, you know, I had a drama teacher that told us that we had to pick that if we wanted to be an actor, that we could only be an actor. And so I kind of put my dream of fashion design on the side and said, okay, well, I'm going to choose acting and I'm going to just focus all of my efforts on that. And so, um, you know, I moved, moved to LA and, and made a career out of it. And, um, and, and, you know, was very fortunate to, to be able to be a full-time working actress. Um, and then I met my husband and my husband, uh, used to play baseball. And, um, when we were, were married for the first several years, I was able to keep up my acting career and just wherever he would play, um, which at the time was the St. Louis Cardinals, I would just fly back and forth, um, you know, to, I'd fly to LA for auditions and fly to wherever he was for baseball games. Well, he ended up signing with the Toronto Blue Jays and it really took me away from LA and the commute was just getting too far to do on a regular basis. And so I decided um, to move to Toronto with him and um, my agents and managers actually dropped me and they said, if you can't be in LA, um, you can't make us money and therefore you're no, you're no good to us anymore. 
And it was, it was a harsh kind of reality check. Um, and, uh, so I, I found myself in Toronto with what was a, a blossoming acting career with all of a sudden, you know, nothing, um, except a very powerful thing, which was, I was still the voice of a star Wars character. And, um, I, I was very inspired by another actress at the time, um, Alyssa Milano and Alyssa was a huge sports fan and she she had started her own company called Touch, where half of all sports fans at the time were women and girls, and they weren't making any sports merchandise for um, for women. And so she started her own company where she started making everything from jerseys to T-shirts to sweaters to cardigans to everything you can imagine for women and girls. And I was so thankful because I no longer had to buy a, a men's jersey to wear to you know the baseball games. And so I bought one of everything that she made. And so I found myself, um, you know, in Toronto realizing, okay, I don't have to give up on, on my, on my dream. I, I want to be there for my husband. I, I needed to be there for my husband. He had a lot of injuries at the time. So I found myself going with him to doctor's appointments and I thought, you know what, as the voice of a Star Wars character, I have an incredible platform what can I do with that? How can I control my own destiny and, um, and just make the most of the situation that I'm in? And so I decided I was inspired by Alyssa Milano and I decided to do that for this. And so, um, I came up with the idea of her universe and kind of the company was born. Tell us a little bit about what you're hearing from little girls. I'm sure there, some of them are writing in or emailing in. You know, they are. And, and I have to say from day one, my goal with her universe, um, was, was two parts. It was 50% a merchandise line. Um, but more importantly, 50% a community. And once I realized that there was a terrible problem with bullying, um, I thought, okay, I need to create a safe and positive community where fangirls can be themselves and um, and step into the spotlight and be celebrated and rewarded for being who they are and, you know, being and showing off what they like. And so um, I, I said to fans, I said, look, we have a, a stereotype to debunk and do. I didn't know how we were going to do it, but I said, united we stand, divided we fall. We have a major stereotype to debunk and um, let's do this together. And I said, so I don't care if you ever buy a single t-shirt from us, but I want you to come and join the conversation and, and feel comfortable with being who you are. And, um, and I was shocked with immediately the floodgates opened and that's when social media was really starting to just boom. I mean, Twitter was brand new. <laughs> There's this thing called Twitter that people said would take over the world. And <laughs> so I used free social media to build our community and to get the word out there. And I, I really went grassroots. I used social media and I went to conventions all over the world and, um, it was incredible. And that's exactly what happened. Not only did women and girls speak up, but men too, men that said, you know, I celebrate Star Wars with my daughter or with my girlfriend or with my wife or with my sister. And, um, and I got messages from all over the world thanking me for, you know, creating a safe environment and a bully free zone 
alone where women and girls could just be themselves. And, you know, when I get those messages today, I'm, I'm so grateful because that is the reason I started her universe. It was, it was never for the money. I I thought, you know what, if we build it, they will come. Um, but more importantly, I need to create a bully free zone and, and hopefully by doing that, I'll have the, the money to continue to build it. I think it's so special that you talked about making dresses with your mom all those years ago as a kid. And maybe that was the, where the, the seed was planted. But, um, speaking of our upbringing, you know, I ask this of guests all the time to talk about their upbringing and their parents and how that influenced their perspective on work and fine money. There was actually a recent survey that found by my partners at Chase Slate that over half of parents say they've had a conversation about money with their kids. So what was your most Im- impactful experience related to money as a kid? Well, I would say it was, it was two part. Um, you know, we, I I grew up in very much just a middle-class family. Um, my parents, my dad worked two jobs. My mom at times worked two jobs. Um, and you know, we lived paycheck to paycheck, you know, there was four kids and, and my parents made sure we never went without and, and any of our extracurricular activities, they, they poured all of our extra money into that. And, and we, we never, had extra, but we always had what we needed. And, um, they didn't hide that. You know, I think I remember, um, one, one year, like we, we had no money for, you know, every, all my friends went on summer vacations and, you know, we had no money to go on a vacation, but we went to the beach for the day and we didn't even have enough money to, to go out for lunch. And, you know, my, my parents packed a cooler lunch and that was it. We got a one day, trip to the beach where we drove 45 minutes and, you know, packed our lunches, but it didn't matter like that. You know, the fact that, um, we were there as a family and my parents made all their extra efforts to make that happen. Um, and, and I understood how much, you know, we, we didn't have the money to do it, but, but how hard they worked to just even make everything possible for us. Um, I, I, at a very young age, I really understood the value of a dollar. Um, and then on top of that, um, the second I was old enough, I, I was in middle school. Um, I started making money on acting, um, you know, I, I didn't do a lot, but in Orlando, you know, we had the theme parks. We, I did a, I hosted a little show for SeaWorld. You know, they took me to Bank of America and, and I, I set up my first bank account that was mine. And they, they really taught me what that meant to have my own account and how to, um, read my, my, my statement and balance and, and deposit money. And I started to, pay for my own things. And when I wanted to give someone a present, I paid for it myself. If I went to the movies with my friends, I paid for it out of my own bank account. And it, it was such a sense of pride. I remember feeling so proud to be able to pay for myself. And at such a young age in middle school to have your own account and your own bank card and, and pay for your own bills per se. Um, you know, I remember for my birthday one year, I told my mom, I said, I, I want to go to the grocery store and I want to buy my own groceries. <laughs> I was a bit of an odd kid, but, um, you know, to teach that lesson of, okay, I have $20. What am I going to get at the grocery store for myself for $20? And, you know, she really walked me through the grocery store and told me how much everything cost. Um, 
that I still remember that to this day. Um, so my parents worked really hard to teach us the value of a dollar and um, how to spend it and use it wisely. I am curious though, when you started to make the Hollywood money or your first big paycheck, um, what did you do with it? Oh, <laughs> when I started making um, my first paychecks, I, I, I mean, I really just saved. I think, I think as an actress for me, um, it, my career has always been a roller coaster. You know, I would, I would, I was very fortunate to be able to pay my own bills pretty quickly, but it was never consistent. So I would, um, you know, make what to me was a huge amount of money. Um, but then I would go three, four months without another job. And so it taught me the value to save because even though it would seem like I would make several thousand dollars, um, I could go several months with nothing. And, um, there was even a period of time where I got a show that was on primetime television and it was huge at the time. Um, but I learned very quickly the realities of Hollywood because it was canceled. And then I went six months without another job and I actually had to go on unemployment and, um, to go from being on primetime television to unemployment and really having to learn to save was a, was a huge lesson. Um, so I think the, the first big purchase though, for me, when I was able to save and kind of, um, you know, know that I had enough income to last me for a while, I, I bought my first car, um, which even though after, um, you know, starting my own company and, and, and selling it, um, I still have that car to this day and I still drive it around LA. I'm, I'm not, I'm not really a fancy car person as long as, um, it gets me from A to B. Um, I, I, you know, that's all I need. And so it's like, it's a 2004 seafoam green Honda Civic <laughs> and it still has just, you know, a little over a hundred thousand miles on it. And I, I still drive it all over the city because it, it works perfectly fine. Um, and so, um, that I was so proud of that purchase cause it was the first big thing I ever, you know, purchased myself. We haven't even gone to your book. You have a book, which is, <laughs> <laughs> it's your universe, it's called, and it came out, um, well, it's coming out, well, let's see, I'm going to, I'm not going to date myself. I'm just going to say that it, um, when is this airing? So I don't date myself. I think this is airing, oh, well, it's, I can't, sorry, it came out on May 8th, Disney Books. Um, what does it feel like to be an author? Uh, it feels surreal to be an author, I have to say, because. Because um, writing my own book is one thing I said I would never do. <laughs> and it's not that I didn't want to. It was because I didn't feel that I had the talent to do it. I was okay with that. I thought that the most I could ever write was an essay. And, um, you know, that, that was enough for me. And um, when I was able to have a conversation with Disney about, you know, doing some books for her universe, and it really kind of spun from my character, Ahsoka Tano from Star Wars, um, uh, they had written a book about my character and I was able to do the audiobook. And so I went on a book tour with them and um the book was was met with a lot of success. And so we were brainstorming about, you know, what we could do for the fangirl audience. And somebody asked if I would write my own memoir. I said, well, I you know, I don't think I've lived enough of a life to write a memoir, but 
the book that I would write if you would give me the opportunity is I would tell my story, but more as an advice book, um, an inspirational book for other fans, because I, I said, I wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't be talking to Disney. I, I wouldn't even be on the So Money podcast if it weren't for Disney and if it weren't for Star Wars. Um, you know, the world of Disney inspired me and influenced me to make my dreams come true, you know, to dream it and do it. Um, and so I said, I would love to pay it forward and kind of share the lessons that Disney and Star Wars taught me, um, to another generation of dreamers. And so thankfully they said, yes. Um, and, and they said, and they said, don't worry about, you know, the writing the book part, you know, we'll, we'll give you an author. Um, and, and she can, you can just talk with her and share your story and, and she'll write it for you. And so, um, you know, they, they paired me with an amazing author named Stacy Kravitz and she's written several other books. Um, very accomplished writer, so talented. And, um, she helped me come up with what I realized was my obstacle, was my, was my brick wall. Um, I didn't know how to structure the book. I didn't know how to take everything that was in my mind and, you know, do the, the chapter outline and the structure. And so after speaking with her for, for two months, she came back to me and she said, okay, I've been listening to you talk. Here's what you're trying to say. And, um, once she gave me that structure, um, she did give me a rough draft and it was, it was great. Um, but it wasn't in my voice. And I realized that if this was my book, I needed to, to write it myself. I needed it to be in my voice. So, um, I, I took the structure and I locked myself in my apartment for five days and I just started to write. And, and that's what I did. Literally, I wrote for five days straight and um, I was able to, to come up with, eventually I got to 31,000 words, which, you know, is still a short book compared to most authors, but it was, it was more than anything that I ever thought I could do. And um, so this book is really a testament that if I could write a book, anything is possible. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I just think that in listening to you, what I'm also learning is that, Ashley, you do not waste an experience. Like nothing <laughs> is nothing is lost on you that even though you go in with a certain mindset or expectation around something, even if it doesn't work out, you leverage that experience to get to another place in your life where you find fulfillment and happiness. Thank you for that. That's so ins inspiring. Oh, gosh. Thank you. I mean, I this really – this. I, I say in the book, um, Disney did not ask me to write this book. I asked Disney if I could, because I, I, I joke, I, you know, I grew up in Orlando, Florida. My dad was a, a Disney cast member. He was a meat and seafood buyer for the Walt Disney world resort. And, um, I, Disney is just in my DNA. I joke that if I got my DNA tested, there would be a Disney chromosome and, <laughs> you know, um, Disney doesn't do anything small. They do everything big everything's over the top, everything's big. And I think seeing that and growing up around that as a young girl, to me, that's, that's kind of just my personality. I'm like, you know, it's, it's not just how can you do something? It's, it's how can you, you know, turn it into an exploding firework in the sky. And, um, and so that's just kind of how I look at it. It's like, if I'm given a platform for something, how can I leverage it to the best of its ability? <laughs> and so, um, definitely, like I said, that's why I wanted to write this book. Cause it's like, Disney taught me this. I just want to pay it forward to it to a new generation. Incredible. So let's okay. get some so many Mad Libs in before you go. The first question or first sentence is, if I won the lottery, the first thing I would do is? 
the first thing I would do is donate it to several different charities. There's so many different charities that we work with, um, between me and my husband, uh, between, um, you know, whether it's, um, mental health awareness or, uh, donate life. Um, and I would, I would, uh, divvy it up to, you know, several of the different charities that we work with and, you know, uh, give it to, to several different people. That's awesome. I was going to ask you later about your favorite charities, but you already addressed that. That's that's awesome. One thing I spend on that makes my life easier or better is? I would say travel. Um, <laughs> I travel all the time. I basically use an airplane like it's it's my car. Um, so I will use my, my Sky Miles to upgrade to a more comfortable seat. <laughs> nice. I mean, these days... It's hard, and like between the airport and the lines and security, yeah. and like getting on the plane and deboarding, it's like it it takes a lot out of you. So whatever you can do to make that experience more joyful, um, it's worth it's worth good money. Yes, it is. <laughs> How about this? One thing I wish I had learned about money growing up is is that it doesn't last forever. <laughs> um, uh, and I think I was taught that, but, uh, you know, uh, when I got older and met my husband as well, um, it's a good reminder that some people think that when you get this big check, it's just always going to be there and money goes fast. So you have to use it wisely and, um, realize that it has to last you a long time. So, um, you know, that, that money does have an expiration date if you keep spending it. <laughs> Oh yeah, I know. That's why we, you know you don't want to end the month. What is it? What's the expression? Um, you know, uh, more days in the month than you have cash. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and last but not least, I'm Ashley Eckstein. I'm so money because I'm Ashley Eckstein, and I'm so money because I feel like I'm rich with dreams. Um, this world and the Star Wars universe and the Disney universe has allowed me to go out there and help make dreams come true. So if I had a dollar for every dream that I was able to be a part of, um, thanks to the world that I live in, I feel like I'm a very rich person um, because of dreams coming true. I think that might be my best answer to that question. Oh, <laughs> that was really on point and so true. Ashley Eckstein, thank you so much for joining me on So Money and sharing all of that with us. We really appreciate you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much to Ashley for stopping by. You can go to heruniverse.com, Ashley's fashion and lifestyle destination for fangirls. And her book, again, is called It's Your Universe. If you missed any of this, just head over to somoneypodcast.com. And if you'd like to send me a question for the Friday episodes of Ask Farnoosh, click on Ask Farnoosh at So Money Podcast. Or you can go to Instagram, follow me there at Farnoosh Tarabi and leave me a direct message. Thanks for tuning in, everyone, and I hope your day is so money.